Episode 11, Comfy Pants and Doom Clock, 01-20-2012, now with a studio cat. Hey. Hey. How's it going? That's pretty well. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. That's good. Uh, big week? Oh, yeah. I thought it was pretty, pretty big. That's good. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. What'd, you, what'd you do this week? Um, certainly, this is my second week of school. And, um, yeah, this is my heard, first week yeah. of school. Yeah, How'd that go for you? Oh, it's pretty good. I have... Um, Four classes this semester, mm-hmm. uh, not all annoying and not spread out through the day, just primarily in the morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have physics to uh, computer science 2011, which is discrete mathematics. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of the complexity and algorithmic stuff about computer science that I don't care about and I absolutely despise and hate. Yeah. And um, so uh, then I also have journalism, which is pretty cool. I like the guy. He is pretty hipster. He knows what Twitter is. That's pretty impressive. And he said the word iPad. Uh, and everybody's jaw dropped. So now we know what we have to say. Toxic fumes, iPad 2, and now people are going to find us. Yeah, um, we'll get to that in a second, but I also have Calculus 2, which oh. I hear you need to t- start taking, right? Uh, yeah. Um, over the summer, I want to take Calculus 1, and then I'll be able to take Calculus 2, because um, uh, for those of you who don't know, I'm a network major. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I quit um, math in high school to do, to do tech support, because naturally I would think doing tech support in the library and not hacking um, would be a good um, way to get practice with networking stuff. Absolutely. But then um, I decided to switch majors into um, computer science because I would only have to take like eight more uh, classes, which is, I don't know, what, 30 credits? I don't uh, know. It, it adds up funny because, um, you know, it, it has to do that because it's a college. It has to be confusing. I agree. Um but then they decided, hey, you need a lot of math and a lot of physics. Yeah, but even in my even in my college, I think I have to take up to mm, Calc four, uh, which includes multivariable and then linear algebra, and then yeah, then then but cool stuff happens. I understand why you need to have a, a really strong math background. Mm-hmm. What I don't get is why they always integrate physics. I mean, I love physics. I'm not complaining about taking it. it is it? But I have to take general physics and physics too. Yeah, like that's even for me too. Like I'm. Yeah, but you know, I, I love physics. But why would you have um, to for a CS major? You know, um, what my physics teacher is saying to us is that most of the engineering classes, like computer science, mm-hmm. is really close to computer engineering for the first two years, and then it you know derives away. Pahing. You need. Uh... Um, you only need Calc 1 and uh, 2 for CS majors at the U, pretty sure. No, actually. No, you don't. I'd... No, um, um, well, anyway, um, but what did you, what, what did you, what did I need to bring up? I, f- I forgot already. Um, at your new class schedule, so your teachers, I don't know. Ah, whatever, it doesn't matter anymore. You just need physics, I guess. Yeah, so uh, my physics professor says that, uh, oh man, um, he says that essentially the physics classes are for bringing in understanding and working through problems that have no mm. definite solution. Yeah, my like, first... f- like, a physics is really about, like, knowing what, like, the rules and then applying it to a system. Mm-hmm. And a lot, of, pretty much all engineering is essentially around that. Yeah, I took, so, I stole some of my brother's textbooks after he finished college, mm-hmm. and um, one of them was engineering problem solving with C plus plus, and um, uh, yes, yeah. um, that is quite funny. But all it was is um, a bunch of stuff about weather modeling and other things. And that, so that is still pretty up. interesting, though. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The cover art was pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, because that's the only thing they update from version to version. <laughs> Well, no, actually, my uh, chemistry books, they uh, changed from 2D pictures to uh, 3D pictures so in the course it? of 13 years. Mm, it is pretty good. Yeah. The cover I changed from white to black. 
That's that's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, inverted. Mm. Yeah. Um, so this episode is kind of special, actually. Um, what makes it so special? Well, um, you know, you know, when we started this, what, eighty days ago, back in November, you know, we were just doing this on a MacBook Air, and you know, since then we've added two more laptops and. A mixing board, a couple mics, iPad, uh, some Dr Pepper, a cat. cat. <laughs> <laughs> that, that that does seem to be the big, big, uh, big thing. Mm-hmm. And you know, we even we even had a guest once in person, but now now we've taken it to the next level, and we don't even have him here, which is probably better because he has comfy pants on. And yes. I'd like to introduce somebody, uh, our first Skype guest, our first Miss Minex guest, and it's uh, pretty pretty amazing. So uh, hi Sam. Hello. How's it going? Pretty good. How are you? I'm pretty well. Uh, so, can you tell us about yourself? Uh, yeah. I am also a student at the University of Minnesota studying astrophysics and computer science. Um, uh, this semester, I'm taking uh, astrophysics, quantum physics, computer science lab, and uh, statistics. Um and I like science, and I'm good at math. That's that's uh, definitely excellent. Uh, I know I know uh, Sam is definitely uh, amazing at math. I I remember when I was in high school, I would always go to Sam with my uh, math problems and math troubles, and he would promptly solve them for me. Mm-hmm. So, um, what do you know about technology, Sam? Uh, not very much. So I I, uh, I know you have um, a Kindle Fire. I know you uh, were one of the true. one of the people to jump on on that, so that's pretty cool. Well, I wasn't particularly excited about the Kindle Fire, but I did have a Kindle Three, which I dropped and broke. Oh, I needed a new Kindle, so I decided I might as well get a tablet. You know, Matt had a solution to dropping. Yes, I did. Um, my friend here has um, purchased a sixty dollar case. Uh, yeah. The, the cost of the Kindle is what? I don't know. No, uh, it was a, a fire. Uh, no, no the, for the K3. third gen, it was like one hundred twenty-five dollars. Yeah, yeah. K three. Yes, and then um, what happens when you add like a sixty-dollar case, and then you had to go get the extra flashlight? That was another twenty. No, no, no. The flashlight was embedded into the case, which is why it was sixty. It was thirty otherwise. Okay. Either way, ridiculous. I went to Menards, bought a roll of duct tape, and bought a bunch of um, insulating foam for uh, pipes. Like you know how pipes mm-hmm. have the little foam thing. Absolutely. And so I made it an indestructible bunker. I could throw it as far as I wanted, and it would always be just fine. That's that's um you know that case was pretty clever but it took you ten minutes to disassemble and reassemble it. Uh, no no what took the most was I had a microfiber cloth and I had to put the microfiber cloth over the Kindle and then fold it right, nicely right, and remember. then slide into the case. Yeah. Because I didn't want to get dusty. My dad still does that with his phone. He's got to stop doing that. Yeah, but look what William does with his phone. He puts it in his pocket with a bunch of rocks <laughs> and then his screen is just ruined. Yes yes he does. Stuck so rocks. so um. What do you what do you think the differences are between what is, what are your major appealing points of the Kindle Fire compared to K three, Sam? Um, well, they're a little hard to compare because the K three was obviously e ink screen versus the Kindle Fire's LCD screen or OLED is it? I'm not sure on that actually, but um, anyways, it's back backlit um, screen, and uh, I have watched a few movies. On the fire, which hasn't been too bad. Did you get I, those from the Amazon store? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the I got. They give you like a free month of the digital benefits of being a member of Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. 
and so you get access to like movies and stuff. Um, and like the video quality was fine. Uh, the speakers in like the built-in speakers worked well. I used headphones sometimes, but I did try out the speakers a little bit. Um, so as far as the media part, I like that. I like being able to like watch something laying down. Um, but I don't know the what I primarily use the Kindle for, and what I use my Fire for mostly is reading. And like people say, reading on this LCD screen does strain your eyes a little bit more than reading on the e-ink screen. So um, I have one quick question for you. Um, when the Kindle first came out, we heard a million stories about people always complaining about the power button. Now that you've had your Kindle Fire for a while, do you ever hit the power button by accident anymore? I, I never really did in the first oh, place. Oh, okay. Those are stupid people on the internet then. So do you ever read at a table? Because this is really what the problem is. They were reading at a flat surface, and then they would try to set it down. Because um, well, the Kindle Fire has um, square-ish flat edges, unlike the iPad where the iPad bevels off almost immediately, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I could I could see how that would be a problem, but when I ordered my fire, I actually ordered a case with it. Okay, mm-hmm. and so the case is acts thick enough bumper. that it, yeah, it acts as a bumper, so that you really couldn't press the power button by setting it on a table. Um, does that does that improve the signal quality? <laughs> I I haven't had any problems with the signal quality. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, also this week, uh, I think we. Um, also, uh, some of our websites went down this week. Um, my my blog, for instance, went down in honor or in protest, depending on who you ask, of SOPA, the uh, evil bill that will crush the internet. What do you know about SOPA? Um, I know a lot of people are whining about it. Yeah, what are they? What are they whining about? Um, they're telling me that um, they want me to contact my member of Congress immediately, and they they try to make me um, type in my zip code and a bunch of other stuff. And so I had to promptly disable JavaScript to not deal with it. Um, but I, I do understand that it is a really big problem, and um, I, I like copyrighted material. So much so, fun. So so this week, Reddit, which is kind of like a dig clone, but essentially it's like um, it's social bookmarking, but in a kind of different way. I don't even know how to describe it, but it's it's cool. Social news aggregation, I guess. Uh, Reddit went down for 12 hours. Wikipedia went down for 12 hours. A lot of major news sites like Boing Boing, Ars Technica. Um, they were down for 12 hours? Yeah, they were down for 12 hours. Um, Ars mm-hmm. Technica, let's see what else. Uh, TickCrunch. A lot of websites went down or something. Uh, I know Twit.tv, they uh, did black and white. Uh, you know, a lot of people did a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. To I think Google just had a black banner. I right, think. so uh, on the Google website, I think that was the most prominent, probably. You know, uh, mm-hmm. the, the front page of Google is probably the most valuable advertising on the internet. Um, yeah. If you think about it, it really is. Um, the the Google um, put a big black piece of tape, like a sensor tape, right over the Google logo, and when you clicked it, it would take you to a petition page and a sign up page, and you know for information on SOPA and then other stuff, you could sign up and do some stuff. But Wikipedia is another big one, and I think that's the second biggest from Google that actually almost completely went dark. They they had a big overlay that would pretty much kill off any page. Yeah, like most sites had a little thing where you could, at the very bottom in the small text, there's a thing to click to continue on to the real site. But uh, Wikipedia didn't let you do that. Yeah. You had to get rid of JavaScript first. Yeah, so if you turned off JavaScript, Wikipedia wouldn't have the overlay for some reason. So that that was pretty cool. So, Sam, do you think the um, 
the the blackout for against SOPA on Wednesday worked or had any major effects? Um, yeah, I definitely think so. Um, as far as if swaying the votes of some of the politicians who were before in support of SOPA and now have decided to vote against it, um, I think definitely pressure was put on from especially the big uh, internet players like Google and Wikipedia. Um, But I have read some convincing arguments to the effect that just doing something like that, that doesn't really affect anything as far as uh, hitting the problem at its source, which is believed to be from all the lobbying money from like media industries that went into designing these bills. Absolutely. Um, um, and- one of the things I noticed is that one of the things I was reading though is um, I think Google alone got four and a half million signups to the little informational page and petition thing, you know, against SOPA. And, you know, if you think about it, I know Google is the biggest, but even on other websites that didn't have people from Google signing up, um, you know, if you think about it, maybe 13 million people participated. I think that was the number I saw quoted by change.org. The people who send us emails from Tiffany Chang every 10 minutes. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't yawn. Yeah. And, um, you know, 13 million people, you know, that's, that's a lot of people. That's what, that, I don't, is any state population that big? I don't think so. Um, yeah. Or, will tell us. or, yeah. <laughs> or if, or if you think about it in a different way, uh, all the companies that participated in some way, the GDP that that is generated by those companies like Google alone, if or if you think about the uh, um, you know subsidiary effect of Wikipedia in some way or another, um, either from Bing pulling in results or the mm-hmm. former power set, um, you know if you think about it, those companies were generating a lot of money too. So if you think about it, essentially the state of the internet, not not like a state in, you know, the United States, but the state of the United, you know, the state of the internet in the United mm-hmm. States, they kind of went, you know, they kind of were declaring you suck and uh, we're, we're uh, oh, for- yeah. forfeiting. What is the word for that? Uh, succession. We're, we're succeeding. We are succeeding at the succession. Yeah, that's right. Okay. But yeah. succeeding or succeeding? Same thing. Yeah. Not quite. Because uh, you mean like the internet was seceding from the United States? Both. We succeeded in our succession. Yes. For 24 hours. Well, yeah. It, you know, whatever whatever we needed to do. I mean, even my website went down, and a lot of little people blogs went down. Little people, that's right. Yeah, so um, my yeah. website went down. It's just because nobody ever goes to it. It never went up, I don't believe. Or, no, my, my website's up. People laugh at it. Ah, uh, men. Yes. But, um, yeah, so... So I know, um, I, I've seen conflicting numbers, probably because it changes a lot, but I, uh, last time I heard it was 29 Senate and or House members have changed their support against the bills. So what do you think about that, Sam? Or Matt? We'll go to the new guy. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I, I think that it's definitely from probably the huge influx of emails. I mean, like, if I got case, yeah. a million emails in my inbox, I would probably realize that I was doing something wrong. Definitely. Because elected officials obviously care what the constituents in their districts think because they want to get elected again or whatever. Um, so I'm I'm sure that that's from the public outcry. Like, that's why they 
switch. I, I'm fairly certain that it's not because they all realize that they're stupid. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, even this week, um, I mean, you know, a few weeks ago, I remember uh, writing, you know, a couple emails to Franken and Klobuchar, you know, our state senators. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, asked, I told them I was a U of M student and that I'm doing computer science and some stuff. And, and I, I told them, you know, I, I do a lot of web stuff. And I, I told them that, you know, it's very hard and very difficult to stop piracy and to also not stop free speech and freedom of creativity and so on. Uh, freedom of, you know, being useful and using the Internet as it was intended. Do you ever get a response? I got to thank you. You know, not nothing personal, nothing written by them, but, you know, just off a spoilerplate. But on the same token, you know, multiply that email by, you know, hundreds, thousands potentially, and maybe you get a cat. Yeah. I don't want to see all that adds up, but we'll see. It, products. Ah, yes. Not really, though. I think so. Yeah. So, um, any cool events this week? So, um... This week also, I think, you know, the day after of SOPA blackout, um, another big thing happened with piracy, uh, essentially, and that was that um, Mega Upload was raided. Oh, yes, yes. Um, Bloody cat. Yeah. Uh, thanks for stealing my story, but uh, either way, want to jump straight to that? Yeah, we might as well, because okay. I think it's, I think it ties in with SOPA really well. Yes. So, um, as you so, all know... so the day after SOPA, you know, mm-hmm. big wide blackout, you know, 13 million people involved, the federal government thought it would be cool to go out and raid a website yeah. called megaupload.com. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, so basically you can um, just upload that and you can share with a bunch of other people. It's it's a little different than peer-to-peer, like, but like each individual person gets to put stuff up. And um, I don't know if you ever use Amazon's S3 thing um, or ever heard of RapidShare or um, SoundCloud or Dropbox. Um, yeah, I have heard but, of those. Um, People are speculating that a lot of those services might um, be not targeted next, but um, they're going to be in question. Because um, a lot of those other sites allow the same kind of thing as Mega Upload. Like, Good afternoon, I'm Ann Salter, and you're watching um, International Hey, it's the, the IVTimes.tv! Is that really happening on the site, or is that... Yeah, it really is happening on the site. Like, no, um... Which left is that your laptop? Yeah. Okay. Is sounded, that actually hooked up to a no, speaker? No, but it so, sounded really good, right? Yeah, so now when people are just gonna hear us just talking so, about something so that didn't like, happen. Like so what you just heard was I opened um the uh, website that Matt linked to because I wanted to read what he's talking about, about mega upload and um this IB dot IB Times dot T V video just automatically started playing on the page with uh, web design no no. However, just because of that, and I'm going to put this on this podcast online later, but because of that, ibtimes.tv could contact my provider and tear my entire website down with SOPA. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's what... That, I mean, that, that's that's the biggest thing here with this. So continue mm-hmm. about Mega Upload, I'm sorry. Um, but, yeah, so Mega Upload is over, but... Um... I don't know, they'll come back with a different name, I'm sure of that. But there's lots of other um, cloud storage things that you can make public, because you can make public buckets on our, on the S3, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and so what would stop us from taking our little ibtimes.tv clip and then start making it free for download? Right, absolutely. Um, but I know it's um, people have lots of legitimate uses for it, 
Like I know mm-hmm. Mega Upload uh, was just almost strictly for video and music, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Um, it could take any kind of uh, zipped or tarred or rarred file, but yeah. anything essentially. And so if that went down, what's going to stop them for looking at Amazon? Besides, Amazon will kill them with their magic. Well, so Mega Upload, one of the things I was reading about is... Um, Let's say Sam made some really cool music and I like it. So I pay him for a license for it mm-hmm. to sell and distribute. And so then I use I don't want to use my own bandwidth, so I upload it to make it upload and then, you know, start selling it, right? Yeah. So let's say uh, you steal the music somehow from Sam and you also upload it to make it upload. Yeah. And start giving it away for free. Mm-hmm. Well, what make it upload does is something called deduplication. And if you have ever used... Uh, like some backup programs, they do this too. Like, let's say you have two of the same file. I have no idea. <laughs> let's say you you have two of the same file on the server, right? Mm-hmm. Well, instead of having two of the both files, um, you would only have one, and they would just have different links. Yeah. So you'd have one link, I'd have a different link, but the file would point to the same one. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, let's say you got caught for infringing on Sam's copyright music, and he makes a takedown request for your copy of the file, but my copy of the file is your copy because we have the same file with different links. So how do, the, how do you resolve this? See, you know, I, I, you, everybody knows that Mega Upload is obviously doing bad stuff. and obviously, I like stuff. I know, I understand, everybody does, but obviously that Mega Upload is used for piracy. And, but despite that, I think Mega, Mega Upload's way around it is to not, like, you know, DMCA, it says... You know, hey, I've got a request for you to take this down because I do own the rights and I didn't give rights to this. But there's no way to know by looking at a link and saying, hey, you know, this is there, but I didn't say it was okay. Yeah, I mean, um, do you, have you tried the service um, Google Music? Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, you can you can browse through their little web store and um, listen to music, or you can upload things. Um, like you can upload your personal library to it. Um, do you know if they do something similar to that? Like, um, um, so. Mega Upload is a little bit different. Essentially, it's not... Mm, so, another one of the things Mega Upload would also do is um, after some some time that the inactivity on a file, like it hadn't been downloaded in such and such a time, it would also be deleted, and there were caps and a lot of throttling going on. You know, for, for them yeah. to make money, of course. Um, so, Google Music's a little bit different. It's not like a locker service that is perpetually available. It's it only through... Well, Mega Upload's only through HTTP, and it's not syncable to phones and computers and documents and stuff. So what do you think about this, Sam? Um, well, I'm not sure if this is like exactly related to what you guys are talking about, because I was slightly distracted. Um, I believe that you were speaking about what will happen now? Yeah. Right. So... I think related to that is the reasons that it was so easy for them to target Mega Upload, which was like the big spending of the CEO and stuff like that and the other criminal activities they were involved in. Yep. And if these other companies mentioned by the article that Matt linked to on the notes um, aren't don't have like such high profile, then it's gonna be a lot harder for the government to justify that move. Yeah, I'm, I'm saying exactly what yeah. you guys just said. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
I don't rem- I, you know somebody told me that the servers were located in Georgia, but I don't I absolutely don't believe that. Yeah. Uh, I mean it seems weird. You know, you know the United States has, have tried for years to kill off uh, the Pirate Bay and they haven't succeeded in that. You know what you just have to do? Not host here. No, um just make um mega upload a religion. You know, hmm. Is that one of your stories too? No, no. But that, that, that that's a couple of weeks old. Okay. Well, anyway, I, it's still cool. But I do remember it. So I think there's yeah. a religion based around pirate file bay. sharing. Yeah, file sharing religion. You have to file one share, one share. Uh, but the United States doesn't recognize it. It was like Switzerland or somewhere. I think they, that was Sweden. Sweden. I'm sure, it was Sweden. Switzerland, Sweden, same word. No, not really. Well, I mean, I mean, I don't know. My map only expands. So I know field. you. I know you mentioned like. Um, Dropbox and iCloud. So th- let's think about those. Like, how, you know, I think, I think uh, Dropbox probably has it a little bit easier because the files are uploaded in usually unencrypted format, and then Dropbox has the keys to your life. Yeah. Like, like the files are available online, so then they're not encrypted because they're available, right? Yeah. So they can just look at whatever they want. Yeah, plus you can also set it to public and a bunch of right, other stuff. Right, So, I mean, I think Dropbox, if there is piracy detected, I think they can alert the appropriate authorities. But doesn't it seem like Dropbox's job isn't to police, it's to just be a medium? Yeah. And is, is that the big argument here? I mean, I guess so. Well, but, or, oh. I think part of the um, part of the deal with SOPA was that um, forcing these companies to either police their content or get taken down is uh, not cost-effective. Because even if it costs a company that has 100 million users, or 10 million users, if it costs them a dime to per file or per user to police their uploads, that's that'll put them out of business. So... There's really no cost-effective way to yeah. censor everyone or to filter everyone's content on yeah. Yeah, large websites. So, I mean, like, one of the things I, I, I remember telling you, Sam, earlier today was that, you know, if Mega Upload, um, my gosh, the cat has speared me. <laughs> oh. Stop bleeding. Oh, oh, there's a lot of blood. Oh, no. Oh. Bloody hands today. Oh, you can't use a trackpad now, can you? Right. Stop grabbing the pirate's tail, too. <laughs> so, um... Uh, that was... Uh, one of the things that... Like, so, Mega Upload, you know, DMCA, it lets you say, well, I found a file that it does infringe on my rights, and I would like it to take it down. And, you know, if you send that to YouTube or v- VMO or any pretty much any website, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, it is a legitimate right to take something down pretty much anybody will just take it down and there are no questions asked for delay and you know we just believe you but on the other hand you know when it's uh like that then it's harder when 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 the website has to police proactively and they have to do everything themselves it doesn't become feasible to do that anymore because if let's say you have a little search algorithm that goes through like let's say i have a song called um my biggest poop um that mp3 and then you search for all that stuff what's going to stop somebody from changing the name and compressing it because you can't how right. do you view what's compressed mm-hmm. without having to decompress everybody's file and absolutely because nobody everybody who has dropbox compresses their stuff before they send it over right um so how do you so you'd have to find a way to decompress that do all this stuff and then that really gets crazy and then if you don't 
Plus, you could always change the name. Yeah. Right, and I, I know, um, I know, with the mega upload article I was reading that um, a lot of people would ch- purposely make bogus files, you know, that just had gibberish and then yeah. irrelevant. But they would put names of movies in the, you know, in the name, mm-hmm. and see if they could take it down. And obviously, they were, yeah. despite you, not having any content related to the movie. So, no, YouTube did. Maybe um, they they used to search for their content by. Um, uh, just looking at file names, but then they found a way to search their video. Like oh, yeah. They, they yeah. take a bunch of stuff, because I, I like watching Invader Zim, mm-hmm. and then um, you can't watch Invader Zim, because it, it searches for all the clips from Invader Zim, and yep. then Nickelodeon flips out. But what my sister's been doing, she's been turning her, she sets her laptop to be upside down, and then somebody uploaded all the videos, uh, oh. opened and saved upside down, and it just completely throws off the sensor. So you can Clever. watch a bunch of shows like that on YouTube, just upside down. You know, but that makes right. sense, because Which, everything's upside yeah. down, and the algorithm doesn't do that. They'd have to retest every video. Well, it just senses the, like, the pixel color and location, and matches it with, it's like a pattern matching algorithm. Yeah, it's so, a pattern matching algorithm against every video in the YouTube database. And plus right, which would be... A couple petabytes. It Oops. could be the same... Like, you could do the same thing with music. Oh, yeah, definitely. Any videos, any files. Just add some noise that would disrupt the algorithm. Yeah. Yeah, just a little high-pitched buzz at the end of our podcast. Or, like, all throughout the podcast. Our board does that automatically. Oh, yeah, just because it's haunted. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I think this is an interesting story. Uh, you know, it's developing still. Obviously, you know, um, the mega upload people are gonna, uh, probably be brought to court now. I imagine, right? Anybody know? Uh, no court. I uh, they already got arrested because. The, well, well, I know yeah. they're arrested, but don't they have like a trial? I mean, doesn't everybody get a trial here? Oh no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, they're right, but the the criminal charges, like the FBI, has records of the CEO like uh, laundering money through mega upload and like. Just doing all kinds of other already illegal things. Okay. So there's not much chance of them, I don't think. That's fair it. enough. I mean, Miguel Upload obviously did bad stuff, so I mean, that's okay. No big deal. But I mean, uh, SOPA is still being discussed pretty much everywhere. I know it's not being voted on now, but I mean, it's not like it's gone from everybody's memory, and certainly not the mm-hmm. Senator Lamar Smith, so yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, um,. I think it's funny that um so what was your main reason for using mega video i don't know for me it was mega for video? watching or uh no never mind yeah uh, like mega upload yeah yeah um my the one time i actually did use this for a legitimate purpose was that i was at st paul college and uh, at a mm-hmm. class and somebody's computer was bugged it was virused or something yeah and all usb was disabled all the networking was, was disabled like to the local intranet mm-hmm. and the only thing that wasn't disabled was just the internet because the virus obviously wanted to do whatever it wanted to do and so what i did is i um zipped these person's files up and used and uploaded it to mega upload and then typed in the url on the other computer i had nearby and then just downloaded back put in my thumb drive and brought it over to a new computer so, I mean, it did have a legitimate purpose there. It was made for short-term files. Yeah, I forgot what point I was trying to make. Well, but... you were trying to make a point about some theft. Ah, probably. Yeah. But let's just move on to something else. I think so. So, also this week on Thursday, which is also the day after the SOPA blackout, mm-hmm. um, the Apple Education event was on. Oh, yes. That. Yeah. So, um, you um, have an iPad, so you, an you, iPad. you might want to be the one to talk about this. I'll just introduce it slightly. Uh, so, Apple introduced three things, although one of them, actually all of them except one. Yeah. Um, 
So, um, uh, iBooks 2, iBooks Author, and iTunes U uh, were all introduced as new yeah. things. So, um, I was, the other day I was getting um, some pop or something, and I left my iPad somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I, on upon return, I found that I had a bunch of new apps updated and installed. Not my problem. Um, uh, yes, it is mine now. Um, but one thing I love is um, iTunes U. I sold it to you for 25 hertz. Yes, you did. But um, you don't get that back ever. Um, so I do love using iTunes U, but now uh, it's a it's a separate app, and it's got the bookshelf feature, and um, looks really nice, and um, it's a real dark colored wood shade. And now the iBooks, I would expect them to use the same bookshelf, but it's different. Um, it's a lot lighter, and um, but I, I hate iBooks. But I'm can you tell us the, why you hate iBooks? Uh, it's not. Kindle. I mean, it's not Amazon's thing. Um, I already have all the books there, and um, just the way like I've just opened up iBooks right now, and as soon as it will load, because I go to the store the for the Kindle or for the iBooks. I mean, and um, let's say I wanted a National Geographic um, uh, magazine thing, because mm-hmm. it keeps on labeling it free, but it's not free. You have to. You, it's the free manager, and then you go to download. Like everything is just mislabeled. Um, everything costs lots of money. And um, I can't just find a free thing. Like, you know how the Kindle, you can just browse for free content all the time. Absolutely. Um, but right now, um, the day they announced it, they sent me an email saying, hey, guess what? You can um, now get all these textbooks. And so I looked at the textbooks and stuff, and basically all it is is just, like, you know on a textbook you have the side columns? Like, mm-hmm. you have all these things. Yep. Um, like, did you know or yeah, um, this date in history? Like, mm-hmm. they have all those things. Well, that just seems to have better pop-up effects, that's the only thing I've seen demoed. Like, on the Kindle, whenever you view a textbook, everything gets kind of squished, because it all is just one page. Yeah. But this, because it uses the images and stuff, it could actually render properly, so that, mm-hmm. that looks like the only plus, but it doesn't look like you have page numbers yet, because um, when teachers assign, go to this page. Um, I'm trying to view introducing the textbook store, and... Um, Oh, so, it looks like they have a free textbook. So I'm so. looking at the um, iBooks. Uh, see, I, he has the Matt has the um, iPad, but I have the MacBook Air, and I'm looking at the uh, iBooks Author application for Mac. And one of the things I'm noticing is, you know, it's, it's, as he describes, you know, it's a there's a main column, and then you know, like, did you know, or you know, some side side or auxiliary related information, you know, side stuff, side content. And, you know, that's really nice. But one of the things I notice is that. Most of the images here, the screenshots they have of people, you know, authoring books in the iBooks app, is they're only like fifty pages. They're not like big textbooks. I mean, can you imagine writing a book on a Mac? I mean, I don't even know what happens. I mean, that's kind of, you know, not really irrelevant, but yeah. Um, one thing I'm noticing with the app right now is that the swipe over doesn't. The feature doesn't seem to work because um, you can act, you can sort by PDFs or books mm-hmm. and. Um, I didn't know I could even do the PDFs until I accidentally bumped it, um, but it, it, it it's sliding over is not as good as the other iApps are. But um, I just downloaded a book, um, but it won't actually let me open. Um, I was trying to get Life on Earth, which is a free textbook. Um, but yeah, it's real impressive. It's not even downloading. <laughs> I mean, I I noticed. Uh, I'm reading the the uh, comments here on the the um, iTunes.apple.com website. Uh, I'm reading the reviews, customer reviews of the iBooks author app, and one of the people are complaining that it requires uh, a modern uh, build of 
OS X requires at least 10.7, and apparently this person is running 10.6.6, and they can't use it. Uh, but you kind of have to... It's good to force people to update. I agree. I mean, I'm, I'm personally not against that, but, uh, you know, somebody might have a problem with that, and, you know, who knows? I mean, um, uh, my old high school would love to author their own textbook, and potentially this is a way to do it. You know, some people could take advantage of that. You know, it's going to be in a web format primarily, and, you know, printed, of course, but, you know, somebody might be able to take advantage of it if it's on an iPad. Yeah, I hope it's not copyrighted. <laughs> Actually, that's, that does bring up an interesting point. Um, so if, let's say you wrote a book, a uh, textbook in iBooks Author, and let's say you wanted to take that same book and, you know, maybe not have all the features that it would have on the iPad, but you wanted to bring it to Kindle. So you wanted to copy the content, not necessarily the features of the book, and you wanted to just bring that plain text over to the Kindle, right? Mm-hmm. Well, apparently, uh, iBooks, the the user agreement for using iBooks author is that you can't. If you write a book in iBooks, mm-hmm. it's an exclusive agreement with Apple. I would never do that. Uh, well, it's just one of those things. I guess you have to read. The, well, I guess you have to read the fine print on all Apple products. Definitely, all eleven pages of iTunes and Sent everything. Um, yeah, that was quite funny. So, uh, Sam, did you hear anything about this? Um, you know, big announcement. Uh, no, I don't really pay attention to the Apple news. Yeah, because um, do you think it's going to mess? I know you don't follow it that hard, but do you think it's going to mess with? Like, do you think um, right now Amazon's had um, a giant? Monopoly on the market for textbooks and stuff like they have that the Kindle thing, or not Monopoly, but they've had control. So you think this is going to pressure them to have some kind of extra nice feature to kind of combat this? Um. Oh, well, I don't know. From what you guys said, doesn't seem any better than what I've seen of the Kindle. Yeah, but do you think this being might be able to handle textbooks? So you think it might kind of try to prompt them to do something better, or you think it just won't ever work? Because um, when I got my, I got a Kindle book for um, uh, one of my classes, and um, I just couldn't handle it. Um, like all the pages and stuff were like, um, all the side notes and stuff were pressed in, and I was supposed to read like um, pages thirteen to twenty six, and I couldn't even find where that was started. Um, yeah, an odd number to an even number probably would be tough on a side by side page view. Um, Mainly because it goes by percents instead of page numbers. Oh, that would be a problem. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, she didn't say, like, sections 2.3 to whatever. 7.5. Yeah. Two. Uh, yeah, that would definitely be a problem. Um, so, Sam, I, I, I'm sure you read books on your Kindle at some point or another. And So do you think the books in the Kindle store are sort of overpriced at all? Definitely. Not really? Um, um, yeah, well, the... I mean, it doesn't cost anything to make another copy of a file, of the book file. Wonderful. So charging the same price as a physical book for a digital book seems ridiculous. One cool thing I noticed about um, some of the other books I bought on um, the Kindle is let's say the author finds uh, like a... Um, a grammatical mistake, or like a word is spelled wrong, or something. Um, with the on the Kindle, you can just or the author, or the writer can just go back and change it, and then the update gets sent to all the people who have it connected to a device. Um, so I do think that would be really good for um, textbooks because they're always filled with errors. One of the things I um, noticed about that same thing is 
I had a book once. I don't remember who it was by, but, uh, you know, I read it, you know, sometime. And then a few months later, they released an update for that same book. Mm-hmm. And I had highlighted a bunch of stuff, and I just hit update blindly, and then my updates, my, my highlights disappeared because they changed the entire book. Oh, yeah. Or, you know, the offsets changed, mm-hmm. and they didn't know what to do with it, so they just dumped yeah. them all. Because I know, um, I know it's a side note, but I know a few years ago that um, this publisher wanted to send a bunch of books out to the Kindle store. And then um, they decided they didn't want to deal with the Kindle, like they just wanted to do paperback. Mm-hmm. And so a bunch of people had already bought the book, and so the update was actually the removal of the book. You know, I think, I think um, I remember, yeah. how ironic though, I think somebody, somebody had a copy of 1984, and, you know, a bunch of people bought it legitimately, and then somehow Amazon mm-hmm. apparently found out that this publisher didn't have the rights to publish the book from somebody and then Amazon pulled all the books off the Kindles, and, you know, how ironic that, you know, they, they were yelling at 1984 being removed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, you know, I was trying to buy a book the other day called um, Counting to a, a Trillion. Uh, it's the same guy who wrote um, The Phoenix Excellent, but, uh, man, I can't... The Golden Age. I can't remember the author's name, but uh, the book um, cost twelve ninety nine on the Kindle bookstore, However, um, the paper or the hardcover first edition cost sixteen, sixteen or something. So for four dollars more, and because I have Prime, there's no shipping. You know, for four dollars, I could have got a paperback or a hardcover book, and then I, after I read it, somebody else could have read it, and you know, I could put it on my shelf, and it could have looked fancy. Yeah. Or I could have got that book instantly for twelve ninety nine, and then had nothing to do with it but, thereafter. Um, I, d- I also bought a book earlier this week. Um, I got uh, I purchased high performance Linux clusters from O'Reilly Publishing. Well, you can see what Matt's reading. Uh, yeah, um, and that was seventeen dollars on the Kindle, and it was thirty five on the paperback version. Yeah, but you know that seems right. Yeah, though. half you know, off. For yeah, half Kindle. off. That seems like a reasonable discount. Mm-hmm. But when the price is separated by only what, you know, some, some minuscule percentage. That's not good enough for me. I I, I don't like that. Because yeah, I can buy another book with that money. You know, well, you know, man, it it, it was twenty percent off. You know, four dollars of sixteen is twelve ninety nine. But man, that's still not good enough. You know, for for digital books, I can't do anything with after I read it. It needs to be a lot cheaper. You know what you do? I might use Mega Uploader. <laughs> Because people do that. If you ever go yeah, to, a, like, I, I know on Pirate Bay, they actually added the ebook tab thing. So mm-hmm. you can search for that. And then um, you can get all the file, all the Kindle books, which are stored in ASCII text files, just so you know. Oh, yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. I love um, former teachers. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I think that's kind of cool. Yeah, definitely. So I know you have an iPad there. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Oh, by the way, um, I want to give a status update on the iBooks thing. The okay. textbook has been downloading all through all this conversation, and um, it looks like it's about a fifth of the way done. Well, you know, my internet here isn't the best. No, I don't think it's that. I think it just fails, because I can get a Kindle book in seconds. Mm, yeah, I guess so. Uh, but I know this is going to have lots of images. I wonder if all like the like the text is images, because like, if mm. they just take a screenshot of each page. Where? Like, on the No, I don't think so, because, iBooks. because the iBooks author app... Um, doesn't do it like that. They actually, it's actually yeah. text. You know, pages, right? Yeah. For the Mac, mm-hmm. it's they essentially forked pages for this mm. purpose. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That, that's at least the understanding most people have of it right now. Um, so we're going to transition into uh, our news section of the week, mm-hmm. and uh, I think I'll start here with um, the Philharmonic Symphony. 
and somebody's iPhone buzzing and making the conductor stop. Oh, yes, very funny. So earlier this week, uh, some guy, uh, he ran a company of his own, and apparently, um, you know, the tech group, you know, the IT department, they gave him an iPhone, you know, to replace his old and decaying BlackBerry because apparently it was turning into dirt in his pocket. And, you know, they're 25 years old, right? Not really, but Five? Okay. Oh. Um, and so apparently somebody set an alarm on his iPhone for him before he went to the symphony later that night and it was set during the symphony so he had it in in his suit's coat pocket and uh you know it started to you know go off obviously and the conductor of the symphony stopped and waited for that to stop buzzing because he was sitting near the front of the row in front of the auditorium where the conductor was and so um he said he had muted it and you know he had the, he you know they gave him a quick walkthrough with the phone I guess and he mm-hmm. said he hit the mute button and when they checked later the mute button was out you know it was muted but alarms don't obey the mute button that makes sense it does make sense but um what what do you think Sam do you think mute buttons should actually mute everything or should they mute only some things and not maybe other things um I think that you should just be able to set it to whatever you want. I mean, like, that should just be a, a radio button. You either want it to um, mute everything, or you want it to mute everything except the one. So, like, on your Android phone, right? I think you have an Android phone. Uh, when you yeah. Do you have a physical mute button on your Android phone? No. So, uh, how can you mute something on your phone? F- from the hardware, at um, least. Well, there's a, a volume control on the side of the phone. I have the, the G2, okay. HTC. Yeah. Um, so there's a, just like a volume up and down on the side of the phone, and if you wanted to, say, mute the ringtone, then you have to be outside of any media application, because if you're inside a media application and you adjust the volume, it adjusts the media volume, which is for, like, the speakers or headphone jack. So it's got, like, two different volume settings. Yeah. Um, and you adjust each one in that environment. So on my Android phone, of course, because it sucks, um, and I was just toying with it, and um, I can't I can't, meet, I can't, change the volume of the ring, ringer while the phone screen isn't on, which is, you know, kind of absurd. What's the point of having physical buttons when you can't actually use them when the phone screen is off? I don't even know what that means. That is, so you don't, when your phone screen is off, it's normally in your pocket. You don't want to be pressing buttons. I know, but if you think about it, though, why have a physical button that I need to look at the phone for? Like, like think of a mute switch, right? Mm-hmm. You, 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 you're going to toggle it. You're going you're to press these yeah, buttons like, while it's in your pocket. If I'm in the middle of a conference and I'm being debriefed on how to judge people at a science fair, I just always remove my battery if my phone starts going that, off. That's true. I understand. Because it's just so easy to pop the cover off and flip that out. Well, you know, when you have a BlackBerry and you know, you're, you're setting your ways for mm-hmm. five years, you know, I probably, you know, you assume that a mute button will just mute everything. You know, mute all alarms and mute all ringers and mute everything. Yeah. So can I tell you a funny story? Absolutely. Um, so on my iPad, there's t- uh, there's two sound buttons basically. Mm-hmm. Um, what I ha- what I have set up right now is I have my system volume on zero, but I have the notifications still on. Okay. And so when my I get an email, it goes off once for my Gmail application and once for my mail application because um, somebody decided to put two mail clients on my iPad. <laughs> also because I left it here. Who did that? Um, um, but so I like that. 
But then uh, one time I was playing Angry Birds, and guess what? It doesn't use this. Uh, for some reason, the, when they wrote the app for it, it like you know when you write the app, you can decide if you go over the system volume yep. or the notifications. Mm-hmm. Well, it all plays over the notifications thing, which I don't know understand why. So I have system volume on zero, but because I have notifications on, I still get all the Angry Birds music. Interesting. And so um, one time I was playing Angry Birds, and then class was about to start, so I turned my iPad off, and then... um. I remember I had um, the notification or the system volume off, and I was certain that I wasn't going to cause any problems. But then halfway through the class, I opened my thing because I got an email. It's just the email just did a little chime. I quick opened it, and then Angry Birds started playing again. Yeah, <laughs> and then my professor glared at me for a second. I mean, um, yeah. I, I you know I use, typically use one of my laptops here for Skype, and. Whenever some, you know, normally I have headphones on, of course, because Skype's noisy and you don't want your, you know, the other party to hear you. And with Skype, one of the weird things that it does, or maybe this laptop does, I don't know, but whenever somebody sends me a, you know, a text, mm-hmm. you know, like they send something yeah. through the chat, the, the headphones will cut out for two seconds and yeah. the blink noise from Skype will play mm-hmm. over the computer speakers. And despite, you know, despite everything I've ever done to this thing, it always does that. It Skype's haunted. It's, it's kind of like this. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, around the internet, everybody's been talking about this problem with the iPhone and, you know, what it should do. Like, should should mute actually mute or should it mute what's not important or what is important? But how does it know? You always want your, like, on my old alarm clock, I used to have a volume slider for my radio. And okay. If the volume slider was all the way down, the alarm volume didn't go off. But then lots of people were falling asleep with that, and so other models, like, they have um, the alarm feature completely separate from the radio volume. Because like, sometimes you want the radio real quiet, but sometimes then the alarm doesn't wake you off, and so, I don't know, for a real alarm clock, it's still people can't decide. So. I mean, one of the things, like, I know a lot of arguments is that, like, let's say you you, you, you set an alarm to get up tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. And you, you know, you, you know, you said you're setting your alarm because you know you, you have this uh, big project that you need to get up early for, and you know, you know, you need to get yeah. to work. But let's say you know it's still eight a.m. You know the previous uh, eight p.m. the previous day, and you know you're just getting done, and mm-hmm. you actually finish your project. Yeah. And you forget that you set this alarm earlier in the day for tomorrow, and you know you get home, and then you go to bed, and then your alarm goes off. You're up, mm-hmm. but you muted it. Because you know we don't want to, you don't want any calls in the morning. You don't want to hear all those tweet notifications. You don't want anything. You just want to sleep. But your alarm goes off. Yeah. Do you know who we, who we need to ask about this? Somebody who has an iPhone. Uh, yeah, I'm thinking of um, a person who found victim to a really funny glitch in iOS. Yeah, definitely. In an airport. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Sam, um, have you ever relied on your Android phone's alarm? Um. Yeah, that's what I use. Like for waking up for classes. Is it? Does it work well for you? Yeah, it goes off when I set the alarm. Okay. You go off. That's good. I'm glad. So, Matt, do you use your iPad's alarm at all? Um, I have never used it ever. Okay. Um, I have used my phone occasionally, but then I realized I have a problem. I have to be able to find it. It's really small, and it always is a different place. It's more like having a thing I can hit. <laughs> or uses a shield. Well, I know my mom has a BlackBerry. It's uh, like an 8300 curve. And um, she refuses to trust it as an alarm. She does not trust that thing at all. Um, yeah. e- she thinks either the battery's going to run out, or despite being plugged in, um, or but, or you know something will happen to it, and it just won't go off. Because we've taped an alarm to the bottom of it once. 
<laughs> and that yeah, didn't go off. Absolutely. So, you know, there's a lot of things about, you know, iPhones and, uh, you know, iDevices that, you know, maybe aren't perfect. They'll become perfect, though. But, you know, I thought this was a big story of the week, so I thought it was good. So, um, you know what else is in the news? I might. iPads are really slow at coming out of sleep. <laughs> and, uh, oh, no. And they're really bad at managing tabs. So, Matt's having some problems with memory management. Um, yes, apparently it decided to close the show notes. So <laughs> I'm just going to pick another story randomly off the list. Why are your tabs open? <laughs> All right. I, I, f- I found one of my stories. Okay, great. Yes. Sometimes screens don't work. Sometimes screens that are there don't work. Mm. Um, but, um, so, um, I, I'm a big AMD guy, so I don't really have any Intel processors. But, um, I also, I don't, even though I don't need any really fast computer i still love seeing how far my computer can go i'm i I like overclocking like i'll just i'll just pick a weekend to just overclock like just to see how far i can push something before it explodes Mm -hmm. but let's say i have um my 300 dollar um uh no it was a hundred two hundred dollar um i have a phenom 2 hexacore processor and um it's really expensive it's it's um it's gone down in price because of the new um series but um i've enjoyed um, playing with that, but what happens if I overclock it a little too much? It melts. Yes, and so um, that kind of discourages overclocking. Absolutely. Um, and you know, once you enable, like on on by default, it's um, not overclocked, and um, you have to go back and change things. So um, you have you have you but, overclocked like a modern um, AMD processor? Uh, yes, I've done that. Um, I've also but I haven't voided the warranty on that. I haven't on my Hexcore one yet, but I have done my graphics card and a bunch of other stuff. Okay. Um, but I have on... Oh, it was on this other Athlon, um, second or whatever generation. But um, So do you know what Intel's offering now? No idea. When you buy... Uh, they, they're talking about offering this thing, so when you buy a CPU from them or from a retailer, like imagine like Newegg or anything... Yep. Um, you can buy a new warranty system. Okay. So if you decide you want to melt one of your processors, um, you can get a second one. Because everybody just decides that. It's like, oh, yeah. it's Sunday. I think I, I should want to try about system. five volts. <laughs> um, Fry volts. Yeah, on Fridays. Fry volts on Friday. So, uh, you know how lots of places like when when I, you can get Apple Care, you can get all these like every manufacturer offers some kind of scam that we can um, get your money back. But what I'm wondering is um, what's going to stop me from s- smashing a, um, buying an i7, melting it, and then pretend to unmelt it and then give it to you because it's actually I just lied about the whole thing. I wonder do you have to send it back to the old manufacturer? What's they got to have lots of things to stop people from sabotaging it on purpose? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, is it uh, kind of like a warranty kind of thing? Is that how it works? Yeah, because um, you know what I'm about to do. I'm about to microwave this when the iPad 3 comes out, or when the, and then get my next one, because right. that happens a lot with iProducts. And now that you've said this on the air, they won't let it happen. Uh, it won't happen either way. Okay, good. Um, yeah. yeah Might still be then. useful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, but, you know uh, so Sam, have you ever um, used or, or, or used an overclocked processor ever? Ping. <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I've never. I would never overclock anything. I'm. I'm absolutely terrified of that kind of thing. 
Um, oh, but most modern processors can kind of save themselves before they implode. You know, I know, but I just I'd rather ha- buy a more expensive processor and then not overclock it. But if you buy a really expensive processor, then you probably overclock it a little further. Yeah, but you know, I'm fine. Yeah, because yeah, you know, it's well, no. You know, your processor is never going to be the bottleneck anyway. You're the, the you, nobody actually uses computational power. What people use is breadth of what is reserved in memory or or hard drive speed. It's really the biggest bottleneck, and you know, solid states are augmenting that. But, but when I overclocked my um, graphics card, I really saw a lot of improvements. No, but see, that's different because yeah. G, you know, CPU speeds are you know in the measured in gigahertz, you know, above two to three. Is that currency? It is, but um, you know most most uh, GPUs, while having multiple cores now, uh, are usually still like 600 to maybe 1.2 gigahertz. You know they don't run nearly as fast. Mm-hmm. So, hey Sam, are you back? Have you ever overclocked anything? Um, I have an overclocked toaster. I have not overclocked anything. Of mine, I've been present while overclocking has been happening on okay. people's hardware. Okay, so have you ever used a computer that's overclocked? Like, um, that's a uh, like, yeah. Um, have you ever been behind the controls when you wa- or have you ever watched somebody actually pushing the buttons, making it like in the BIOS, changing everything? Like, yeah, and I've okay. I've played around in the BIOS myself. I just haven't overclocked any of my stuff. Okay. But, um, so how do you how do you feel about overclocking? Do you think it's you know reasonable and safe to do? Uh, if you know what you're doing, yeah. Yeah, but um, like you know how if you have like a two hundred dollar processor, you don't want to be overclock it because you don't want to blow it out. But um, did you see in the show notes the story about Intel offering um a new protection policy for overclockers? Like um, if you when you buy your CPU, you can buy the extra insurance comp uh insurance for it. Right. And um, yeah. yeah, would you ever be interested in that? But you have to go Intel, I guess. Um, if prefer- I knew that I was going to be pushing the limits of the chip, then yeah. And that okay. you would get a new one free. Yeah. Right. You know, I know what I'm going to be doing in a few hours. Really? Yeah, I'm going to be overclocking some Pentium fours. <laughs> I doubt that. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know if I could find a power cable for them. Yeah, so you know, one of the things I don't, I, I just don't, you know, when I, I, my, I built my tower computer in mm-hmm. 2009 when Windows 7 came out, and, you know, I, I, you know, I spent a lot of money on that thing, and I, I wouldn't want to waste $170, you know, just to make it go, you know, 0.5 megahertz faster. It doesn't seem worthwhile. Yeah, but I just love seeing how far I can push something. This is so much fun. Normal force. Yeah, like, how far can I push this business card before I will flip over? <gasps> I guess that far. Okay. Yeah. But, uh, bad example. Yeah, definitely. Oh. Um, but, you know, you, you were talking about, uh, you know, your favorite, which is, what, Intel. I know you love talking about Intel. Uh, but, you know, yeah. this week, you know what I'm going to talk about? I'm going to talk about AMD. I didn't see how funny that was. You know, so, so, um, so Thunderbolt came out. You know, uh, last... Oh, no, actually, yeah, yeah, March of um, 2011 mm-hmm. with the um, updated MacBook Pros from Apple. And Thunderbolt is a high-speed data bus used from Intel called Lightpeak originally. Uh, currently, the implementations are 10 gigabits per second uh, full duplex, you know, two-way, mm-hmm. um, with some amount of energy going through the cord. I don't know about that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, essentially what you can do is you can plug, um, you know, external USB drive, or no, external uh, 
Thunderbolt drives. You can plug in other accessories. You can also plug in full-screen monitors because it uses the mini display port as its port, and you can drive, you know, a couple billion pixels if you would like. And you can even cha- daisy-chain these things. So you can have a monitor to monitor to monitor, and, you know, you've got a full setup, right? Yeah. And so, you know, everybody loves Thunderbolt that, you know, has it because it's really fast. It's but, unbelievable. You know, do you know anybody who has that? Uh, anybody who has an iMac has it. A new, yes, but do you know anybody who has another monitor to do this? With? No, no, but I, I'm, I'm thinking more along the lines of accessories, peripherals, like so, drives. You know, you, you have your SATA drive, you put it in your Thunderbolt enclosure, and you you can use it. I, I know yeah, the, not, no, not many people have that. Everybody has a little USB squid, and they use that for charging their phone, their yeah, I know. iPad, I know. their everything. I know, I mean, but, but, but the thing is, with, with USB, is that there is a bottleneck at some point. Yeah, and and I know with Macs they don't have USB three yet, and yeah, they gotta I, catch up. I mean, none of my computers even have USB three, and even if I did, I don't even have a single peripheral that has USB three, so it doesn't even matter. But if I had Thunderbolt, I would specifically pick Thunderbolt things because it is just so much faster. And specifically, mm-hmm. solid state drives in a Thunderbolt enclosure um, are really fast because the the bus is actually able to keep up with the hard drive, you know, or yeah. with the solid state. Mm-hmm. So that that is a nice feature. Well, um, so Intel made that, and with Apple's help, they popularized it. But AMD is sad now, so they thought they'd make something called Lightning Bolt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, that, that's a clever naming scheme, by the way. Isn't it? You know, yeah. when I saw this, I was I was very impressed. I mean, you know, what I saw when I saw this. No, I thought it, it was I, I thought Lightning Bolt, and I'm like, oh, okay, I remember that because I didn't distinguish the difference between Thunderbolt and Lightning Bolt. I thought they were the same oh, thing. Man, I do that all this all the time too. You know, when, when I think of Lightning, I think of that as being the fast thing. I always mm-hmm. assumed Apple would pick the fast one, not the slow one. Yeah. Um. So, what what happened? So Thunderbolt's supposed to replace USB three in a sense, you know, in a sense. But Thunder Lightning Bolt is AMD's solution to not licensing a- Intel stuff. So, Lightning Bolt uses USB three as its port of choice and its protocol, or you know, like data connection kind of thing, and. So what what essentially is going on is that you can do um you know you can you can daisy chain peripherals uh you can uh chain up multiple displays it doesn't deliver as much power because USB 3 only delivers up to so much power but it does it you know it it can do kind of what thunderbolt does yeah um right now I'm looking at a um little picture they announced with the lightning bolt demo um, and they have a little... What's the little box thing they have there? Little box thing, which... Um... Yeah, so it's just a... It doesn't hook... A, it's not just a port on a computer. It's a little um, Well, Well, so what, what my understanding is right now, it probably is, but you know, eventually it'd probably be integrated in. Okay. Yeah. Okay, yeah, that looks pretty cool, though. So you can connect it to everything, it looks like. You know, and the, the reason they're probably doing that is so that it has actual multiple ports. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things with um, Thunderbolt and Apple's implementation is that they mandate um, things that don't take power to have two Thunderbolt ports. Hmm. So if a, if, a, if a device doesn't need extra power to do whatever, mm-hmm. you know, like a monitor needs extra power to obviously power the, the screen. Yeah. But um, if it's like a, you know a regular drive or maybe a microphone or you know whatever, mm-hmm. if it doesn't need additional power. It needs to have two Thunderbolt ports, and that's because you can chain them. 
So oh, yeah. you, you yeah. can take, you know, you can take mic to drive and then end with um, monitor yeah. on Thunderbolt because you can chain them. And um, I think the Amiga can do that. <laughs> it has the power in and the power out. Yeah, stack a bunch of them on top of each cha- other. Chain the Amigas together. Maybe you'll be able to get something done then. Yeah, probably. Uh, I doubt it though. With twenty-five megahertz, it's too. You have five processors. Yeah, sure you do. Uh, you know, my TI eighty-nine is just about as fast. Hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, so I don't. I don't. I don't think there's any hope for lightning bolt. What do you? What do you think, Sam? Um, from what you guys said, it seems like Thunderbolt is the clear winner, and I'm sort of surprised that, I guess I haven't heard anything about, like, Dell announcing Thunderbolt in their cases. Okay, um, yeah. yeah. Because it, they've been it is partnered pretty, uh, and helped me closely it, for so long. It is pretty um uncommon for, you know, the other manufacturers. You know, I think, I think Sony released, um one laptop, or a couple laptops, maybe, I think Series 9 laptops, they have um, this Thunderbolt thing. It mm-hmm. uses the Thunderbolt protocol. However, it doesn't use the same mini display port. port. That's funny. Mm-hmm. And so any peripheral that you actually did have that would actually work with Thunderbolt would work on these Sony laptops. But, um, you know, I, I've seen a lot of monitors that have mini display port ports. I was under the impression that Thunderbolt was a, a different... Uh, size. I didn't know it used the same like port as DisplayPort. Yeah, it actually does. It uses the Mini DisplayPort. Uh, Apple did that so that old Macs would still work with the new interface. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it seems pretty cool. Anyways, um, oh, that cat just died. Too much blood loss. That was me. Yeah. Who was messing with my iPad before the show? Not me. Okay. Sure, I believe that. So speaking of Dell, did you hear um, about um, their ability to trade with people? Especially inside the corporation stuff. Yeah, you know, yeah, I actually didn't hear about this. This is news to me. Yeah. Um, I know this is supposed to be for Lightning, but um, I'm trying to recover Lightning from... Lightning bolt? Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, you know, insider trading is pretty frowned upon. Yeah, I do. Yeah, well, I guess um, two Dell employees decided to... Um, they found an opportunity to make some money. Okay. Um, yeah. So do you know how like big companies like Dell and Apple and stuff? Um, HP. HP. Yeah. Like, like Apple is really good at doing this. Like you know they always they know a company they see that the company's got a cool product and so they just buy the whole company because it's faster that way. Yeah, they get all the rights for it. And everything. And so after you, so let's say you know that you're about to buy a little small company. Okay. Um, what do you do if you're an employee? I would totally buy some stock. Like fifty percent of the company you're about to buy stock. Yeah, I would do yeah. that. Because it's it'll be really cheap compared to buying Apple stock. Oh yeah. Because like didn't Jobs get like seven percent of Disney because he had a bunch of stuff like that. That's well, like, he got seven percent of Disney because Disney bought Pixar and he had all of Pixar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, big thing. But like stuff like that. Like yeah. if, if you can. That's still really expensive, but it'll, it's a good way to get. Yeah, absolutely. Big money. So is that what the, was? Well, who was Dell buying? Um. Uh, multiple people like years and years ago like they finally oh. it's just it's an old okay. thing that's like ongoing investigation um, so Sam I think the lesson here is um, that you don't get involved in insider trading I think that's just bad yeah, I'm not involved you know, bad for business I'm not involved good okay we got we got that settled so um, you know another thing I wanted to talk about was um, 
you know, Intel, uh, they, uh, at CES, either last week or a couple weeks ago, I forget what day it is. And so they, um, they launched, you know, a lot of Ultrabooks. And these are MacBook Air clones, alternatives, um, that are really thin, light, and decently powerful. Um, and AMD, again, is attempting to make a solution to Ultrabooks called Ultra Thins. You know, I think the Girl Scout cookies are also named similar, aren't they? Uh, thin Mints. Oh, I'm thinking. Yeah, I mints. love those. Okay. Yeah, they're my yeah. favorite. So, um, AMD is making um, a processor, uh, I believe it's called Trinity, for Ultrabooks. It's, it's supposed to be low power, but yet you know, reasonably fast enough to do things, multiple cores and blah, blah, blah. Uh, integrated graphics, of course, because, you know, they own ATI, so that makes sense. And they're calling it Ultra Thins because Ultrabooks are, you know, owned by Intel. Mm-hmm. So what do you think uh, What do you think about these kind of computers, Ultrabooks, Ultra Thins, and AMD's chances of succeeding? Uh, I, I haven't read too much about this yet, but um, I have heard the name thrown around quite a bit. Um, it does seem like AMD is always trying to... Uh, come up with some crappy thing to meet up with Intel. Well, what they're saying is that it's going to be at least $200 cheaper than an equivalent Ultrabook computer for the same speed and, you know, specifications. Because I do know that AMD is fantastic at um, their low power consumption processors. Mm-hmm. And so um, if they continue with their recent trend with uh, all their little Bobcat um, processors, I guess the battery life would be fantastic and it would get really good performance. So the Bobcat so. is like um, essentially an Intel Atom, right? Kind of, kind of no, like no, no, no. Adam like is crap. Um, Bobcat is wonderful. So, but why? Okay, I personally, I can speak from personal experience. I have a little Intel Adam. Um, I run um, Ubuntu without any. I have um, almost nothing running, and it can't even do anything. Um, the it, it's at one point one um, gigahertz. It's um, it's a really slow computer. But um, the Bobcat, um, I heard it can use um, like you can the, some versions of it can use um, like ten watts of power, and um, have a clock speed around two point two gigahertz. That's impressive. Um, yeah, um, like they vary before because you know like your, every phone and everything like they all have like they yeah. it's not like they're custom for different things. But you know it's um, interesting to me that the iPad has one gigahertz processor, and uh, you know an Intel Atom is so much slower than an iPad. Yeah, um, so it makes you re- wonder if those if that even makes a difference. So mm-hmm. Sam, have you ever used um, like a, an, an Intel Atom processor or maybe one of the AMD E series? Um, not that I know of. Not they're they're in, they're not in tablets yet, but they they should be in netbooks, I think, or in cheap laptops, I suppose. Yeah, and um. I know, like, you know the thin clients for, mm-hmm. from Oracle? Yep. Um, I don't think they use that, but, like, I know Acer Aspires. Like, you know the, yeah. they look just like that. I forget the, what what series they are. I know they're, I mean, no, they're the Aspire series. Yeah. But they look just like the little sun um, ray things. And I know they have um, lots of AMD processors, like little, um, I think the E, I was looking at one the other day. It was, like, $300. It was a E350 something um, okay. Bobcat core thing. See, I, I haven't seen too many, you know, uh, computers with Bobcat, most because I don't look for computers anymore, maybe. But it's not labeled, like, Bobcat. It's like, that's the, like, you know how they all have a different core? Like, they have, like, like, I have, um, a Phenom, but the core is, uh, what is it called? 
like it's not like a series name. It's like the manager core. Like you know that they have the really. It's not. This, it's not like FX, which is obviously bulldozer. Yeah, it, it's. I have to look this. Oh, I need Wikipedia. Or is that the A series? Yeah, that must be what it is. Yeah. Well, so. Um. Yeah, you know, I, I you know, I really, I really love AMD processors. And uh, so, Sam, what, what, what camp are you in? Are you AMD? Or are you Intel? Um, it depends, I guess. I, I mean, like they, they have their, they both have their strengths. AMD can generally do it for cheaper than Intel, but Intel processors are generally better than AMD, like at the same core. Clock speed, yeah. Number and uh, clock speed. Yeah. So it really depends. Um, I my desktop is uh, AMD, and my laptop is uh, Intel. Um, I don't know. I mean, like it's hard to compare because the rest of the hardware is quite different. Yeah, that makes sense, though. Um, but yeah, so they. I, I mean, it's. Uh, I don't know. They're both, they both work. It's hard to, I mean, like, unless you're doing really intensive processing, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I I definitely agree with that. Um, and, you know, of course, the AMD cores or processors are a lot cheaper. Yeah. You want to know something I find totally unacceptable? Absolutely. When you search Bobcat on Wikipedia, you get a Bobcat, the animal. <laughs> you know, that I, is don't, kind I don't of, like that. That is kind of funny, but, you know, fitting. Hey, you're not getting a, a guy on the top, are you? Uh, no, I'm getting a... Um, a Sopa's not done yet. Yeah, thank you for protecting Wikipedia. And in, in parentheses underneath it, in small print, it says we're not done yet. Yeah, but I know. Yeah, but... um, So, the Bobcat series is just... Like, the, the Bobcat chip has, like, the C, the E, the G, and the Z series. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. insane. Yeah, but um, the one that I was looking at, yeah, it was the E350. Uh, I think that's also what my dad has on his laptop. Okay. Um, it, his laptop is beautiful. Um, it's a little HP Pavilion G4. Mm-hmm. Um, runs just fine. Um, a side note, I found out why I kept on dying all the time. Uh, it uh, had HP sold us or gave the computer with bad memory. Oh. Yeah, and so I just replaced that. I see. So it was 20 bucks to get um, that replaced. But it would have saved us like forever to deal with HP support. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so I, I don't know. I, I wonder what their Ultrabook is going to be. I, I love the Bobcat series. It's, it's ultra cheap. thin. <laughs> yeah, my bad. So many different names. Um, plus, it's like you no know, three o'clock in the morning. No, it isn't. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll try one. I I'd like to, I'm I'm interested in to seeing you know I love my Same. MacBook Air, but I, I I don't hate Windows either. I really love Windows, and with Windows 8 maybe coming out sometime this year, I'd like to see what they can do with that. And you know, um, it's nice to have computers that don't suck, that are light enough to actually carry and not die. Yeah. So um, speaking of things just not sucking and not dying, so um. Do you, so you remember last week we talked about uh, Ubuntu TV? Yes, I did. And um, so I, I was waiting. I, I love the little CS um, three or uh, CS uh, example or CSE. I already forgot that. Um, they they showed a good example of um, the CES. The, that one. Um, that was like two weeks ago. How do you expect me to remember that? You couldn't even remember during when it was on. Probably. Um. But 
uh, if you go to Ubuntu.com right now and look at the TV thing, they have a whole little um, tab set up for showing all the cool features that they have and all the other things. And then, um, naturally, I'd I want... just typed Ubuntu.tv, you know, like, yeah. Yeah, no, dot com slash TV. Um, and they show you all the cool um, features it can do. And then you're like, okay, wow, this is pretty awesome. Does, well, this, I want video have, does this video on their website have audio? It does indeed. Okay. Um, wait, it's music playing in the background. It's like weird techno. Oh, I don't think it actually has words. I don't care. All right. Um, I'm good. You're good? You got this? So I'll do my own voiceover while it's playing. Okay, hold on. It has to buffer. This will just take a second. Yeah, but um, so the, if you go to ubuntu.com slash TV, you can find this. But of course, I'll put in the show notes. Yeah, and um, so you know how um, if you see, if you scroll down, you see this button that says, "Oh, here it comes." Pretty quiet though. Do you hear that? <laughs> no, maybe. It's- you blew my ears out. <laughs> I did too. <laughs> okay. So um, ow. So, you don't you don't hear that? I don't know if I, I sort of now. Um, but that's weird because I don't have it on. That is really bad. <laughs> hey Sam, are you there? So on the Apple site, when you want to buy like a MacBook um, Mini or something, you you, or you hit the button that says um, like "Start Building Now," and then you customize all your products. Um, and so on their site, it's, there's a there's a giant icon on the bottom that says "Start Building Now." I'm like, okay, well uh, I get a, like I, I was anticipating when I clicked that um, you get to like go to the thing where you get to decide what kind of monitor you want, like what style and stuff. But no, it's completely different. I didn't read it. I was just like, okay, by now, let's start talking. Um, and so I just hit it, and it's uh, it's designed for manufacturers to co- contact them. So they don't talk even have any that. models or no, anything. No, I would expect them to have that all done before um, they even put this on their site. But, but you know, Ubuntu really doesn't make their own hardware at all, do they? Do, um, they, even, do they even like give suggestions for computers to buy with Ubuntu on it? Um, yeah, yeah. Um, System seventy six or something. Uh, hey guys. Hi guys. Hi. I uh, hate to interrupt, but that whole time you were talking, the music was playing extremely loud, and you couldn't hear anything you were saying. It's still playing really loud, and I can't like okay. hear you very well. Yeah, that's kind of funny. We need a new audio master. Um, you know, if you click on a video, uh, if you click on a YouTube video, you know what it does? It doesn't pause it. You know what it does? Opens in YouTube. Let's just go to embed it onto the Ubuntu's page. You know what that is? That's unacceptable. Hey, do you still hear anything? Me? Yeah, you. I hear you. Good. That's a good start. Uh, so basically, you click on a thing, and it basically says contact information. First name, last name, job title, work email, and then say what kind of thing you want to build for them. Like, um, So it says contact us, and first mm-hmm. name, your organization, your comments. Yeah. <laughs> it's just completely bad. Um, I don't like it at all. So it says... TV maker or content provider, get in touch. If you're a TV manufacturer or content provider and you'd like to learn more, just enter your details below, and a member of our team will be in touch with you in five working days. That's pretty bad. Yeah, uh, especially on a con- you know consumer, you know facing website, right? Yeah. So, do, what did what was the name, main reason for uh, Google TV exploding? Well, they didn't really have enough stuff to go with it because they had no content. Pretty at much all. no apps, no content so, really. Um, yeah, I just don't think this is going to take off anywhere. Mm. 
Maybe in Europe, but no, not, I don't not even here. think I don't think it's going to take off anywhere. Yeah, stupid things take off in Europe. Nah, maybe. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll see what happens. It just seems unlikely that yet another TV will win. Um, Google TV will because they have enough money to keep on pushing it on people. That's definitely true. Like if it like this is going to crash and burn, but with Google, everything crashes and burns, but then it just comes back, like saying it's the same. Yeah, definitely. Having more money behind advertising now. Mm-hmm. Which they're starting to do more. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I think it's uh, time for some lightning. Don't oh, you? yes. Yeah. yeah. So, lightning bolt or, th- or thunderbolt? I think it's I think it's lightning bolt time. All right. So, um, I'm going to start off with uh, Windows. Uh, Windows 8 uh, server is going to come up with a new uh, file system called ReFS, which stands for Re- Resilient File System. So some of the features of this is that uh, it, it it completely does not extend or it completely does not overwrite NTFS, but instead it uses the same APIs. So essentially all the stuff that all the existing programs in the world that use NTFS at a low level will work just fine since none of that has changed. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, the way uh, things are written to the disk are changed. And um, some of the other, like... Um, um, like other things of it, uh, like file verification when something is written and it needs to verify of it. That's that's done differently, and there's a few things like um, like yeah. like checksums that are done differently now. Uh, and uh, there's the like the object table, the thing that would list where all the files are. That's done differently now also. Yeah, I was um, reading about this. Um, it's it is pretty interesting. It, it handles corruption differently. It it. Yes, I don't know. I don't believe in BitRot, so I don't know what that means. But it, it allegedly fits that fixes some of those issues. Um, you know, the only thing though is that this isn't a part of you know the consumer end NTFS. You know, it won't be on regular computers. But it's just for the server essentially. So yeah. we won't see the benefits of this if there are any. Um, yeah, but it is kind of interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I heard you got a new computer this week. Yeah, I got a couple new computers this week, uh, but among them, you know, one was kind of old. Yeah, what was it? You know, I, I'm I'm 19 years old, and I was born in 1992, and, you know, the computer I got was a Amiga Commodore 4000, um, mm. and, uh, you know, it's 19 years old also. That's pretty cool. And, and you know, um, I, I really have to thank Sam for this, because he uh, is the one who brought it over. Uh, Sam, who donated this computer to you first? Um, this one was uh, donated by Jim Martin, the father of one of my friends. Okay, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to quick point out that the Doom clock has been set. Cool. Um, mm-hmm. Oh. Yeah. We have 14 <laughs> minutes and 14 seconds to oh, finish this podcast. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll, we'll get through it. Uh, so you, you know more about the Amiga than I do, because I, I don't know about uh, yes. stuff. So um, please, please tell us about the Amiga really quick. I've been reading up about a lot of cool stuff um and so like do you know how in the last five years there's been a lot of breakthroughs in the way the Northbridge handles things yep um so when you play a song on some on most computers now your cpu doesn't even know you're doing that um the Northbridge right. can do the direct call from stuff and mm-hmm. everything yep. and this stuff a lot like most more and more things are being pushed to the Northbridge and everything else um but uh your amiga has five separate processors um one, I think it had one for arithmetic logic and stuff, one for your audio, one for, um, 
Oh, I forget what else. And then, like, two for your video. Because, um, at the time, um, the Amiga was the pinnacle of all, um, graphics computers, or graphic computers mm-hmm. with graphics. Um, and, uh, you could see the serial cable in the back that you used to hook up to your VGA monitor. Well, so, um, Sam, when you brought the computer over, I, I, you still had the, um, like, serial port to VGA adapter attached, and it was kind of bent. Well, this, I'm sure it yeah. still works, but... Yeah, um, it is pretty cool, and we really appreciate it because it's going to look great in the studio, mm-hmm. regardless yeah. if it runs. Yeah, and I looked at a bunch of um, uh, interesting images of it, and I haven't taken it apart yet. But you can see, like on the pictures I've seen, like it almost looks hand soldered. Like the the boards are yeah. so big, and the, the the chips on it are just so not what I'm used to. It's so funny to see. You know, in the old days, you know, if you, if you would have bought one of those original Macs, you would have got a hand-soldered board from your good friend, mm-hmm. the Segway guy. Yeah. What's his name? I forgot. Wozniak. Yeah, Woz. Yeah, I, I love Wozniak. I'm getting old. Um, but one thing I don't know is, do you know how much it cost? Like, new. Hmm. Um, I found out a lot of cool information about it. Um, it's manufacturing, it's history. I even found a really, really, really bad so, video promoting it. This is really... Um, Really, I, I don't know how much I should trust this. I just, you know, Googled it, of course. But what I'm what I'm getting is it was sold in September of 1992. Um, you know, it has 25 megahertz, two two megabytes of, uh, you know, memory. Um, uh, it, it could display 256 colors at 1280 by 400. Woo! Did you have the 4000 series though? Yeah, this is the 4000 series. I thought I'm pretty sure it has more memory than that. Um, you know, it, it's not, I'm not really sure what it means. It says it has 2 megabytes dash 18 megabytes. Uh, yeah, so, I'm pretty sure you have, um, 8 megabytes of 77 pin, uh, sodium or whatever. Okay, well, this... Yeah, either way, let we'll, me, we'll, we'll, we'll smash it later. We'll, we'll get there. And so it has a par- parallel, serial, floppy, RGB, and audio ports. It has a uh, 3.5 inch floppy drive. And a 128-megabyte IDE hard drive, which is, you know, pretty impressive. You know, I don't even have a computer with that now. Yeah. Um, and it came with Amiga 3.1, whatever that means. All of this and more, potentially, for the grand price of thirty six ninety nine. Wow. And not dollars. Those were thousands. Hertz? Yeah. No, $3,699 US. Mm. And, you know, that is kind of expensive. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But it is pretty darn cool. Yeah. Um, but on the same note, um, you know, I was looking for memory for this because, you know, I thought it'd be kind of funny to, you know, expand memory mm-hmm. since I always thought it had two megabytes. And so I just typed in, you know, Amiga Commodore 4000 memory. And, you know, I got the funniest, funniest result. Mm-hmm. I, did you find any? Uh, yeah, I did. I, I, I found oh. it at Sears. Sears? You know, you know, Sears is weird to have just random, you know... 19-year-old computer memory just lying around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was interesting. That is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Also uh, in uh, Lightning this week, uh, Target. You know Target. You know, um, yeah, I've been there. It's about down the street one way or the other way. I think they sell hot dogs. They do sell hot dogs. Hot dog party. Um, well, Target is going to host mini Apple stores in the near future. I heard about this. So, uh, you know, I don't think Roseville Target or Midway Target would be likely to host one of these with the close proximity to Mall of America and Rosedale. Yeah, there's two of them right next to us, aren't there? Yeah. Apple stores pretty, I mean, the... they're pretty close. Yeah. Um, and I know Best Buys do have the selling booth. I mean, it wouldn't be like a Genius Bar kind of thing that's still reserved for Apple stores, mm-hmm. but it would be like more of like, you know, a booth with an Apple employee or two, maybe. I mean, Target you know, does cell phones all right, the time. Right, I know. They, they uh, and uneducatedly. Stores. 
however, these mini targets, mini apples in targets, you know, they'd be kind of like these uh, Best Buy like style things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they'd have some things on display that people could play with, and, you know, there'd actually be Apple trained employees, presumably. Um, and, you know, they'd probably place these uh, mini Apple stores in places at targets where there isn't an Apple store nearby. Yeah, because I guess startup costs would be less if you don't have to build a whole building. Right, you don't have to, you don't need a whole building. You know, if somebody just wants to buy something, you you obviously still need to bring it into a Genius Bar if you needed help. Yeah, somewhere else, but that is pretty handy. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to shopping there. Oh yeah, me too. Yeah, and so um, do you know the operating system uh, FreeBSD? Yeah, the thing that OS X is based off of Next Step. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, they just had a new uh, version released. Really, nine point oh with a T. Hmm. Well, yeah. Well, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but I installed it on like a computer, and um, it's having some driver problems and oh. some other things. And so I haven't gotten a chance to fully use it. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm not hearing good things about it though. I'm not hearing many things at all about it because I don't know anybody who even knows what Open Free BSD is for. Not, not, um, Sam, have you ever heard of BSD? Not LSD. Yeah. 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 Like, do you ever use Open or Free BSD or whatever version? I haven't used them, no. Okay. I don't think you're missing out. Yeah. Probably not. No. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just I thought it was a quick mention of this lightning area. It is kind of interesting that yet another operating system that, you know, was the pillar of Next and then OS X is still being released on its own. Yeah. Yeah, that is cool. So, also, we have Behringer. So, um, you you know, we were looking, when we were constructing the studio, we were trying to decide what, what uh, mixing board to get. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Behringer was one of the forefront leaders in our selections. Um, mainly because they were cheap. Mainly because they were cheap, but they weren't also either bad. Um, so, instead of getting a board from Behringer, we, we got uh, microphones from Behringer for a very, very reasonable price, and we appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, this week... They came out with a new mixer um, that you slide your iPad into. Huh? Um, you know, you know, I can't I, imagine this. You know, you know, I, I, I gotta look this up. Yeah, if you, if you look in the show notes, which I will post later, of course, um, it is a particularly large board. Um, I don't know how many inputs it has. Um, I think they released multiple models, of course, which is why I don't have a clue. Um, but it's kind of cool. You you directly slide your iPad into it, and uh, you know you uh, kind of just uh, get a mixing board with an iPad. So one of the models they have is a um, six in six XLR or six LR. Uh, what is it called? XLR. Yeah, I think so. XLR um, mic input, and um, you know there's there's nice uh, sliders for the fade ins. Um, it's wireless ready, which is kind of funny um you know it's a built-in usb audio interface through the ipad and then you know out of the ipad into the computer um would you have to use like itunes to capture it though i don't think so i hope they'd have something i i I think it'd be still up to you it's kind of sandbox there's four aux sense per channel there's there's a lot of nice leds on it you know it actually looks really nice and how many thousands of dollars? You know, I, I didn't look at a price. Let me do that right now, and maybe I'll get uh, yeah. an idea. For a lot of these things, they don't really release prices with them quite yet. No, they don't, and yeah, their website's not computing. Yep. Um, you'll never see this at stores. No, you know, I don't think I would like to either. But it's just interesting that somebody's so deeply integrating the current iPad 2 or iPad 1 into their product. They're, they're so highly dependent 
on the current generations of iPads. That's kind of interesting. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, either way, I think that ends our lightning, or do you have anything um, else that's... No, I don't actually have anything else for lightning. But if I did, you know, I'd like to talk about Microsoft once again. Um, I don't have this in the show notes, but I will post it later. But Microsoft this week released the details of the tablets they're making for, or they're, you know, mandating for Windows 8 to be on. So they, they, they mandated some particular button set. They mandated a two-second wake or sleep wake time Mm -hmm. so if your processor is amd or intel it has to wake up in less than one or two seconds that's that's a good i think that that's pretty reasonable um you know they all have to not be loud and you know they also have to do certain things there's a new um so they obviously don't have a keyboard on a tablet so there isn't all control delete you know to Mm -hmm. make windows not suck so um the new thing is a home button plus power button to bring up that menu that used to be brought up by control well see now that's going to mess with people but yeah yeah but um so this goes to the app of the week segment now yeah app of the week yeah so um everybody knows what wolfram is um it's so the most awesome thing in the world unless you input a question and um mostly math based and then but there's also a dictionary feature which is ridiculous that's cool um but basically, all it does is it um, will solve all your problems with it. When I was doing um, my rapid curve sketching thing unit in a uh, calculus, um, I, I really loved that because um, I hated that so much. Um, <laughs> but it always generated good graphs. And, but sometimes it would just give you some random answers. But um, it, it, it saved me because um, uh, I loved it. And so I got the app immediately for the iPad. And then, uh, like when you buy an app, you get apps that are similar to this. And so I got the. Um, um, but also by Wolfram um, is a network admin. Um, and I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm a network tech. I could, I would love this thing. And so um, basically it's just a cluster of a bunch of tools that you can use. Um, it basically will, it's like, it's got a little cheat sheet of um, helpful um, Unix commands and permissions and stuff. Um, it, it can generate passwords for you mm-hmm. and save them. So um, you can say, like, if you want um, all numeric or alphanumeric or just if you want to include how many characters. Like, you tell how many characters, if you want it uppercase, lowercase, of no- letters and numbers, just everything. And then it just outputs um, a bunch of things for you. I know you've um, been um, testing our internet speed or, you know, trying to determine how long it takes to send a terabyte ah, on yes, our internet. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Uh, I know um, you've tested it at my house, at your house, at the at St. Paul College, and at some girl's house, mm-hmm. and you've all found different results, but what was your lowest time? Yeah, so I've been trying to get my parents to uh, um, break away from COVID. Yeah, um, definitely. Do that. And um, they're already a cell provider. And so I decided to, on the app, there's a thing that allows you to calculate data speed transfers. And at my house, to uh, I, I wanted to pick a number that, that, like, a single terabyte seems small, like just one, one single terabyte. You think that's small? Yeah, but I, I wanted—I didn't want to say like, "Hey, do you know how much it would take to transfer 500 gigabytes?" And like, I, I just—I just wanted like a one terabyte, okay, like something yeah, simple. That's reasonable. Like that's a good stable. I told my mom that it'll take us 993 days to upload that's one terabyte so, like, over our what days. three and a half years ish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and over here, it would only take, um, like, uh, what was it, four 36 months? days? I thought it was four months here. Uh, four, maybe four months. Uh, it was at that one girl's house that we went to. Yeah. Um, I think it was William's girlfriend's. I don't remember. Um, 
Yeah, at William's girlfriend's house. It only would take 23 days. Yeah. Um, um, so, did you train at Simple College? What did you get there? At Simple College, I got um, some problems, because I was using my netbook, and you're only allowed to use oh, one device at a time. Okay. But um, I, I ran down the IMAX there, and... Um, I, would do, I was getting around um, 55 up, uh, upload speed. Megabits? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, Sam, do you know how fast the uh, internet at the U is? Or at least in your dorm? Um, not off the top of my head. What has hmm. it been lately? Or, you know, the last time you remember? Uh, quite high. I think, like, around... Uh, 80 or so. That's pretty good. That's great. Yeah. I'll yeah, go to school just for that. <laughs> that's impressive. At yeah. least I would get you there. So, in the prompt, I was just, I was, I hit um, data calculate speeds, and then I said manual data transfer, because it, it goes over um, standard size, but I wanted to specify what everything was. And so, I typed in one terabyte, it tries to rate it about 55 megabytes per second, or megabits, um, and it would take, at St. Paul College, one day, 16 hours, and 24 minutes. Well, that's still and pretty good. 14.55 seconds. One day isn't that bad. Yeah, well, round to two. You know, you could you could plug in a little laptop for one day and hide it in a yeah. corner in a bag. And So what would that be, like 15 cents in an S3? Like, if I wanted to... Terabyte. This? You know, yeah, it'd probably be about 15 cents. Yeah. Yeah. So I might um, make an S3 just for stealing everything at St. Paul College. You know, it, you know I, I really have to... Um... Whoa. Did we, <laughs> Sam, are you still there? So, I had the doom clock open <laughs> to remind us to hurry. But, uh, we didn't hurry! Uh, yes, I, 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 I was going to close it when it got down to two minutes. Um, like I was, I was just going to use it as a reminder that we, we were supposed to keep this under the time thing. Well, we failed. Sorry, Sam. Um, yeah, I'll get him back later. Uh, so, um, I also have an app this week, and it's called... Um, ConnectBot, and anybody who's had Android and who uses SSH probably knows about ConnectBot because you know it is pretty pretty standard because it's the free SSH app of Android, and you know it's pretty handy for me at least. Oh, he's calling. Oh, it's booting the Linux. Stop this, grub failure. Where is he doing this from? Is it here? Hey, oh, can you he... hear us? Okay. Yeah. Good. Um. So so um. Windows restarted on us. Sorry. Yeah, you're you're actually on my iPad now. Nice. <laughs> so. Um. And, oh. Uh, anyway. Um. So um, you know, um, ConnectBot is really great. Um, I remember I was uh in the parking lot of Guitar Center while we were picking up supplies for the studio, and we needed uh or I needed to check some stuff on my server, so I used ConnectBot and you know just did some mm. stuff. Um, so that was really nice. Um, so, ConnectBot's free. It's for Android, and I, I definitely do recommend that. Um, and so, uh, you know, I think that that's pretty much near... Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, Windows is back. Welcome. Uh, so, you know, I think that's pretty much the end of today's show. Yeah. Um, so, uh, a few things before we go, though. Um, we have to thank Brian Reinhardt yet again. Yeah. Because we uh, we visited... What day was that? Thursday? I think it was Thursday, yeah. We visited Central High School on Thursday and thanked Brian Reinhardt for this uh, amazing soundboard mm-hmm. that, you know, uh, despite our misuse, still manages to work 99% of the time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
you know, it's so simple. Even I can use it um, 10% of the time, so that, that's at least getting it in the right direction. Um, and uh, we also have to thank Sam again, because uh, Sam... Uh, was our first Skype caller, first mixed bias caller, mm-hmm. and you know that's pretty impressive. Um, yeah. You know we've been working long and hard to get that set up. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, uh, we also should point you to the website to check all our podcasts. Yes, um, you know everybody just met Sam today. However, Sam and I are going to launch sometime in the near future, next couple of weeks, next few weeks, um, his own podcast about science and technology, and quite possibly the universe. Wow, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, uh, so Sam, you know, as you know, he's going to the U. He's um, doing astrophysics and associated. That's pretty fancy. Sciencery, so sorcery. So <laughs> no, he's at the U to study sorcery. You never know. Uh, I'm so make business cards from it says. <laughs> yeah, that'd be kind of cool, actually. Scientist and sorcerer. You know that it would be. Um, way off topic, but um, do you know Thomas Edison? Yeah, like, I uh, yeah. like I did this stupid report with a, a partner, and my partner wanted to do um, like he wanted to say, oh, he's like he wanted to include in the title, like I just wanted to call the report Thomas Edison, but he wanted to include um, the Wizard of um, Merlin Park or whatever, because <laughs> um, I guess that's where he lived, like on Merlin Street, and they just called him a wizard because he was always inventing crap. That's that's funny. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 but yeah, so he's a scientist slash sorcerer. Uh, well, you know that that sounds not so wrong, actually. Yeah. Um, so uh, in conclusion, here um, sure. you can find Sam at uh, Twitter.com/slash/sameberts. S A M E B E R T Z. You can find Matthew at um, Matt at um, nexus-labs.org yep and you can find me on twitter and on my, my website yeah. and pretty much everywhere if you google ipad fumes something 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 ipad 2 toxic fumes was it yeah if you do that you can visit the nexus dash wait what you can visit the <laughs> yeah. nexus dot tv yeah. we can't have nexus studios and nexus labs yeah so we, can, we, we can we can do everything and yeah. uh yeah, thank you for listening. Yep, and stay tuned. In eight days, we'll launch um, another show. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, this is Matthew Butchell signing off. And this is Ryan Rampersad. Have a good one.